Hi and welcome to Personal Finance with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 20, tips to improve your credit score and credit rating. We'll dig down into all of that in just a minute. But like I say, if you've only just found us here on episode 20, first of all, thank you for doing that. And after you've finished this one, please check out our previous episodes and have a proper binge session on those in any order you like. Uh, recently, we've been clearing Christmas debt, bill busting, trying to save you money in the stuff that you pay for every month. Uh, and the couple before that were to do with mortgages. And there are loads more in our library. They all work uh, as standalone programs, but have a listen to them all when it suits you, however it suits you. And then if you'd be kind enough to rate and review us, we'd be very grateful. Hit subscribe as well, and that way you'll get new episodes as soon as they drop, and you'll be right up to date. For our back catalogue of money advice shows, search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Ellis. With me as always, the start of the show, Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How's things? Good, thank you. I've just, I was just thinking of something as I was going through the the reduction bits of the show. What we should do is have a running, a running uh, total of how much this show has made you or saved you in terms of cash. <laughs> we'll get listeners to write in and, and tell us how much they've made or saved thanks to this. Uh, this week's show is called Tips to Improve Your Credit Score and Credit Rating. We'll get on to why you'd want to uh, and various ways you can go about doing that soon. But you know me, never want to shy away from what on the surface of things might appear to be a daft question. If we're looking at tips to improve your credit score and credit rating, is there actually a difference between you, your credit score and credit rating? If so, what is it? With, with a credit score, that, that's basically a number. So they, they'll give you like a, a number there out of whatever to say, right, that's that's what your score is. We'll, we'll touch on this in a, a few moments, but a, a rating is more just if it's like good, bad, excellent. Mm-hmm. That, so, so that's kind of like the difference. The, the score is just a number, whereas a rating is more like, so my, my credit score, it says, is excellent. So it's it's kind of based on that. But lenders, when, when they're doing, some, some lenders will do what's called a credit search. And that's where they're actually looking at all the, the different credit that you've got on file. Whereas others will do the credit score, where they just look and the credit reference agencies give you a number. And then based on that, they can say, right, what's the likelihood that someone will pay any debts back? Mm. Why is it important then to have a, a good credit score or credit rating? If you're looking to borrow money, the better that your credit rating is, then the better terms that you'll get when you're borrowing money. So the, if you've got a good credit score, good credit rating, you're more likely to, to be accepted, but also accepted on on preferential terms. Yeah, we'll come on to this later on. I, I was having a, a little bit of a research on this subject yesterday, and I came out to some sort of astonishing and staggering facts, which we can touch on later. But um, what is it actually proving, though, this 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 score, your, your ability to pay something back? It is. It, it's kind of like the likelihood that you're going to repay a debt, but also your, your sort of credit worthiness as well. So that that's what lenders are. If, if someone's lending you money, they want to know that they're likely to, to get that money back. So... Um, that's that's the main reason for for them looking at your credit score and credit rating. About two minutes into anything like this, I always think, right, who can see this? Uh, you know, is it uh, is it just people that are looking me up, or can anyone find it? So, who can see my credit score? Who might use it? Why would they use it? That's it. First of all, anybody that's accessing your credit report and credit score, they've got to have your authority to right. to do that. 
So any bank or building society or lender that's carrying it out, they, you, you have to watch as well because sometimes companies can be getting your consent and you don't even really know it. I mean, you, you could be, we, we always sort of think that credit ratings being like the, the search is being done by banks. Maybe you're taking out a loan or credit card. But these days as well, it can be even things like a bookmaker doing a search on mm. you, maybe a, a gas or electricity provider. Mm. So it, it can really be an, an awful lot. And what, one of the things that I always recommend to people, there, there's a good website called checkmyfile.com. And it, it's quite good because it gives you the, the uh, gives you your report. The, the three main credit reference agencies they, there's one called Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. Now, they're, they're the three main companies. But if you go on this website, check my file, it actually shows you what is shown in all three of their kind of reports. So it, it's quite good. And some, some lenders and, and institutions will use different credit reference agencies. But on there, you, you can sign up. It's a free trial. You, you've got to pay for it, I think, after 30 days. But what a lot of people will do is like go on, check it, make sure it's all okay. And then as long as you remember to cancel it mm-hmm. after that period mm-hmm. or you will get charged from, from there. Yeah, I, I suppose um, even if you just stick with them or you know go on to that one initially, it's going to be cheaper because I think if you go on to the likes of Experian or Equifax, they'll all have their try for a fixed period and then we'll, we'll charge you after that. So you know it might be something like forty five quid as opposed to fifteen or whatever. So so that's those are the, the those three agencies. I suppose in days gone by, you, you touched on this a minute or two ago, Phil. It's the sort of thing that might have affected your ability to say. Um, source a mortgage or, or maybe a loan, something big. But yeah. now it probably affects way more than just that. It does. I mean, that that's the thing. Like, as I mentioned, I mean, when you're taking out credit, they a lot of the times they, they'll do the, the searches, but also things like gas, electricity. There, there's an awful lot more kind of these days. That yeah, mobile phones even. Mobile phones is another one as well. Yeah. That's right. Utility companies. So there is, there's a lot more. Mobile phone contracts are the one that, I mean, nowadays, just about everybody's got a mobile yeah, phone, do they? Yeah. That's, that's one. And if you're changing that regularly, you're, you're going to have... I, I know searches going on all that, the time, yeah. Yeah, searches going on frequently. And yeah. that, that's one thing. Like, when we come to the tips to improve your score, one of the things is you don't really want a lot of searches because people get suspicious thinking, like, why are you getting so many searches done? It can be quite innocent as, mm-hmm. as well, but mm-hmm. they, they often think if somebody's getting a lot of searches done... They're maybe looking to max out their available credit, borrow all the money, but with the intention of paying it back. When you say that um, you have to authorise someone to check your, your credit score or your credit rating, um, can that sort of authorization be tucked away? You know, what I'm thinking of is, you know, when you get um, something through and it says, yeah, you agree to the terms and conditions and nobody that's ever it. reads all the way yeah, through, we just tick the box. Can it, it be tucked is, away there? Definitely. I mean, I, I did one... Not all that long ago, I was reviewing my gas and electricity. And I, I remember I went into my credit score and it had gone down slightly. And I thought, hmm, I wonder why that is. But they, I'd used a comparison website and they'd done a couple of like searches right. on, on there. Um, so it is, it, it, same as well, I was doing for, for one of the shows, I did a, a search just to, to kind of find out what the, the personal loan rates were. 
Yeah. So I had to put in all my details, and it was the same. And it, oh, dear, it was a nightmare because they keep cleaning me up. I was like, I'm not doing that again. So is I'm that your the, is that your loose way of blaming me because it was for I one know. of the shows? I'm, I'm <laughs> that that particular comparison website, but they keep phoning me up. I had oh, a call wow. for them yesterday, and I had two last week as well. And I'm just I keep telling them the same thing. It's like, look, go away. I'm not interested. But yeah. they they didn't seem to take no for an answer. And again, that's probably because. When I went on and searched, I put in the details and somewhere hidden in their terms and conditions will be the thing saying, right, you authorise us to access your credit report mm-hmm. and, and also to, to get in touch with you as well. So wow. the okay. joys, live and learn. So it can be tucked away there and always, always worth uh, having a look at those things, those fine print details. So we know it's more important to have a good score than not. But um, if you don't have a good score, if you look it up, you think, hang on, why am I down there? Why is, why is that number there? Is it possible to improve it? And if so, how do you go about that? It is. And, and what I would say with that as well is some of the things will take longer to improve your report. There are some things that you can do to try and get your, your score up quite quickly. One of that things that things that I would always say is get yourself on the voters' roll. Um, that's something that, that will give you a better credit score. Also, if you move home, make sure that you've updated your new address and that you're on the voters' roll at the new address and not your old address. Um, so they're, they're quite important things. Another thing regarding the voters' role is make your details public. And the reason I say that is that you can actually be on the voters' role, but if you tick the box to say, I don't want it made public, yeah. then it's hard to actually prove that you're on the voters' role. So that, that's something just to take into account as well. That, that can really? help your your score. I, I um, always tick, don't say, don't make this public. Take, a lot of people do. And, and to be honest, I, I can understand why they would do that because you don't want all these junk folk people phoning you up. I know in this yeah. day and age, you're not meant to do it, but if they've not got your details, it's harder for them to, to do any sort of unsolicited calls. But no, it is, it's better for your credit rating that the lenders can find you and, and see that you're, you're on there. The, the lenders like to see like address history. So the longer you're at an address, that would help your, your sort of credit score and credit rating. Some of the other things that, that you can do, try and keep your balances on your credit cards below like a quarter of what your credit limit is. I know that's not always possible, but again, if you're maxing out your credit cards, lenders would look at that and think, well, that's that's got impact on your your kind of score. Um, you don't want to have too many accounts open, but at the same time, you, you don't want, a lot of accounts where they're all kind of maxed out. And as I mentioned earlier, if, if you have too many searches done too quickly, that can also have an adverse impact as well. So they, there's quite a lot of kind of useful tips to, to help people along the way with their credit rating. I mean, everyone's biggest fear here is that they've, if they've got like a, a bad rating or a not great rating, that others will automatically assume it's because they couldn't keep up repayments and something. But it could be you've got a bad score because you've never had credit, couldn't it? Definitely. I, I've seen that coming up a lot in the past as well. I mean, one, one of the things pe- people applying for a mortgage, maybe like a, a young person, they didn't have any credit. So the lenders then, th- they don't know that they're going to pay that back. So if you've no credit, it, it's sometimes quite good just to, to maybe get a credit card. But what I would say in that situation is, pay it back. So I make like try and pay it back every month. Mm-hmm. So maybe spend a couple of things on it. And again, lenders can see when your credit file then will show that you've got some credit and that you're, you've got a good record of, mm-hmm. of paying it 
back. But there's quite a few things that impact your your kind of credit file. I'll, I'll go through some of them just now. Another tip that I've got is is don't miss payments because yeah, if somebody's that yeah, payments, that's. I mean, it seems obvious, but um, late payments as well. That's mm. that's another thing. Try not to be be late because that does show on your credit file as well. And again, that'll impact on your credit rating and credit score. But the the main, like the the highest impact factors would be like what credit limits you've got available, um, your payment history. So you you want to keep up your your payments on things, and like I say, try and make them on time as well. How you use your credit cards is a, a big factor. So if you're repaying them each month or you've got low balances, great. Whereas if you're maxing that out every month and never actually paying it back, that's got impact on your, your credit score as well. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier that your time in the voters role, the longer you're on that at a certain address, again, lenders can see that you're not moving about. And, and the reason that's important is you get some people that borrow money and don't really have much intention of, of paying it back. And that sort of ones, they're often the, the people that move home a lot. They try to dodge people chasing right. them for, for money. So the longer you're at an address, the, the more positive impact that's going to have on you. And then as I also mentioned, like missed payments as well, being the, the other kind of, they, they're like the most important yeah. sort of factors. But there's there's other factors as well that we'll uh, talk on in a moment. I was going to, I was going to say there that um you know the 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 thing being you're saying if you can pay, you know pay it off every month or you stay within a certain limit but even if you're if you're not paying it off as long as you're paying it and you're making those payments on time every month presumably that's that's the sort of thing that they're looking for so I I, I was wondering about this you know it, the perfect candidate for um something of a you know good credit score is someone who never misses repayment but also they're looking for someone that's perpetually in debt as well, almost, aren't they? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I know I, I've had people in the past looking for mortgages and they, they maybe weren't looking to borrow much. And you can tell some of the lenders like, oh, we're nearly looking for that type of client. So some of the lenders are looking for people who they, they want to take out bigger loans and, and stuff mm-hmm. as well. But definitely paying things back is is a big factor and, and making your payments on time as well, especially on, on mortgages. I mean, if you're looking for a mortgage, that's that's something that's going to yeah. come up with lenders. Yeah, arrears on mortgage payments, they don't like that at all. We actually mentioned that on um, a program called uh, Getting Yourself Mortgage Ready um, a few episodes ago, which you can source in our, our back catalogue. But that was one of the tips was, you know, improve or make sure you've got a good credit score, a good credit rating, because that'll help along the way. I've always assumed, see if you can sell this one, it's a bit of an urban myth. I've always assumed that there's a ledger somewhere, like the equivalent of Santa's naughty list for for lenders and borrowers, that black list of people who simply won't get credit because of how they've spent in the past. Is is there a master list? There's not. I mean, it is. That's one of the things that there used to be, like one of the terminology that's often used is you're, you're blacklisted, but yeah. there, there's no such like list anywhere. Good that, to that's know. That's just a term but it is a lot of people often another myth as well that comes up is people often think that a certain property is blacklisted as well but it's not the the lenders do their searches on the individual whereas it used to be oh if you stay at that address that that address is like on a blacklist and and Mm. it's nay that's that's the thing so that's that's another slight myth as well so how much can uh they find out about you how much do they know about me in these searches I mean, on on your credit file, 
I'm just going to look up mine just now, and and that'll kind of <laughs> please don't tell me this is going to make it go down again. <laughs> I know. Mine, on, on mine, I've just opened it up just now on the, the computer in front right. of me. So it says credit factors. So it says what's affecting your credit score and what needs work. So th- this is quite good. It tells me on here, all, all the things are coming up saying, keep it going. So that's yeah. fine. There's nothing that says needs any work at all. I, I use a website called creditkarma.co.uk. Um, it's a free one. I don't pay for that. I, I get emails from them all the time saying, look, oh, we'll help you increase your credit score. But I, I never like go for for yeah. that and that that's one thing that I, I was going to mention as well you do get companies that say they can help you repair your credit but you often find that with a lot of that firms it's quite expensive and it's something that you can do yourself you don't need mm. to pay for it so that, that was just something I wanted to, to kind of say there but like on mine it comes up it tells me what my credit limits are so I, I've got a couple of credit cards tells me the what the limits are Payment history for me says perfect, haven't missed any payments, so that's great. At the moment, it tells me that I'm using 11% of my total reported credit, so that'll be on like the, the credit cards. I usually tend to pay mine off every month, although I've got a small balance on it at the minute. Um, it tells me I've been on the electoral roll for over 14 years, so that's really good. Um, haven't had any new accounts opened in the last six months, so that's good as well. If you open a heap of accounts, that can go against you if you open too many too quickly. It tells me I've got a mortgage and it's been going for for a long time. So so it tells me a a lot of information. So that's the sort of things that they'll see kind of on your your credit report. Gives them quite a lot of information, information on things like missed payments. There's a lot of details on there. It shows them as well what searches have been done, who's been doing searches. And we we mentioned that like banks and building societies are, are the main ones that tend to do searches but like I say nowadays you've got like utility companies credit and store cards your credit report will also show like your bank account how you're conducting that if you go overdrawn it'll also mention that any searches done by like energy mobile phone companies all that kind of stuff is all in your your report there as well just going back to yours for a second that that file there and did it have any suggestions to Stop searching your credit score for the podcast. They didn't say that. Any of the tips to improve your score? One of the things you hear quite often, uh, or you'll see if you're applying for something online, perhaps, where you're looking to borrow money, it'll say, we'll find out if uh, if you're eligible by conducting a soft search. Um, yeah, what's that exactly? A, a soft search, that's something that comes up. Um, our, our mortgage advisors, they, they always go on about, we'll get a soft search done. And basically, it doesn't leave like a hard footprint on your your file. It's more, if it's a soft search, it'll often come up and just say like an administration search or quotation search. So that's often something that lenders can't see. Whereas if they do an actual credit search, that'll show on your file. If it's, that's often referred to as like a hard search. Mm Um, so that that's the sort of ones that could impact on your credit score. Um, whereas if it's a soft search that's being done, that's not going to impact on on things for you there. Okay. Uh, there are a few things that, that people always ask about, um, will this affect my credit score? We could do these in a sort of um, quickfire way if you want. Student loans, can that affect your credit score? A student loans would only would if you'd defaulted on them. So if you ended up with a, a county court judgment, for example, then that would show on, but student loans generally won't show up on your, your credit report. 
Okay. Um, what about being in arrears on something like council tax? That's exactly the same as the, the student loans. Again, that won't show in there, but if you were to get a, a CCJ, county court judgment, yeah. default on it, that's when that could appear on the, the, the sort of search. Parking fines or driving fines? Nope, they're, they're not going to show on there as well. Uh, who are who married to or, or living with? Will that affect it? Can, if, if you've any credit in joint names. So like if you had a joint mortgage, right. that person would then be associated with you. But um, generally they won't. But again, if, if you're staying at the same address, both on the voters roll and you've got linked credit, I, for example, a joint mortgage, they will link you to that person. So that is something that comes up as well. What about if I've been turned down before? Do, does that affect things? It doesn't actually show on your report really? if you've been declined anywhere. What it will show is that searches have been done, but it doesn't actually tell you. I mean, lenders might be wise and think, hang on, this person's had three searches done in the last week. Are they either building up a lot of credit or have they been declined? So, But it doesn't actually tell the anybody searching you if you have had any declines on it. Okay, um, and we mentioned this briefly in passing, defaults or, or, or missed payments, will that impact things? Uh, if, if you've defaulted on any loan or you've got county court judgments, um, bankruptcies as well, that sort of thing will stay on your credit file for six years. So eventually they'll start to, to drop off, but any arrears and stuff will, will be on there for a wee while. It may seem like a long time, six years, but I, you know, I suppose there's a like a statute of limitations on it. It does eventually disappear from there. This is interesting. This is the thing I was talking about earlier, where I said, um, it, you know, the, what you actually get offered when you go online for something like a credit card, if you were trying to switch credit cards or whatever, your credit report dictate, dictates the product and rate that you'll get, Phil. It does. I mean, they they actually reckon that. I think only 51% of folk applying, I think for like loans and credit cards actually get accepted at the rate advertised. Um, so you could end up, I mean, they could be advertising, let's say a rate of 6%, um, but then you end up, I mean, if your credit's poor, it could be as high on a credit card as up to 40%. So <laughs> that's nuts. Is, that is nuts. It really is. And I think one of the things that regulators try to do is get companies to, to kind of give like, the average rate of what they're lending right. money because the, the difference between the best rate and the rate that people actually end up on can be really quite different. Do you know that there's a couple of times that I've gone through something like that and say it, say it was um, advertised at 6% and it's maybe come in at nine and I've just thought, oh, I must've read that wrong. But no, they've no. they've, they've stuck me down. The, <laughs> they've stuck me down the list a little bit. They obviously yeah. know more. I suppose it applies to things like 0% credit cards as well, does it? You know, if you've got a, for a time period, say you, you apply for something like a, you transfer your your um, stuff across, your, your, your transfer across, and it's a 0% rate for two years. If your credit score is poor, they might reduce the time limit, would they? Hey, they wouldn't so much reduce the time limit, but the interest rate could, could go up. Right. That, that's one of the things that you'll find. And also... Every time you move a credit card from one company to another, there'll be checks getting carried out. So again, that'll impact on your credit score as well. And it's funny, that, that's happened to me before. I remember years ago when I was a, a young whippersnapper, I, I mean, I used to have balances on credit cards and I'd move them like, every six months, every year mm. on another card. And same as well, back then I was overdrawn. And I remember going to the bank to increase my overdraft and it would go up all the time. And eventually mm. they're like, nope, 
that's it, that's your limit. And it's like, oh no, it's like, just expected it would keep getting extended. Yeah. And that happened on the credit cards as well. You're moving them for one another, taking advantage of the 0% interest rates available. Um, and back then they didn't charge a fee for, for transferring from one yeah. provider to another, whereas they do now. And again, eventually got knocked back and it's like, oh, and then all of a sudden I'm having to pay interest at, oh, crazy, back then it was like 25% or something. Wow. So quite harsh. So I've, I've been there and, and done it myself. So I'm fortunate that I'm in quite a good position at the moment, but hopefully people can learn. And, and that's the good thing with these podcasts as well is that it, it's it's all about trying to help people. And hopefully this one will, will help some folk get their, their credit rating up and, and get them a better score. Okay, um, let's sort of wind this one up then. So what is, define for me, if you can, a good credit score? A good score, I mean, the, the, the three main agencies, Experian do theirs from 0 to 999, Equifax 0 to 700, and TransUnion, they, they used to be called Call Credit, they're 0 to 710. And I, I mentioned I use that website, Credit Karma. So my score at the minute, is 659, which comes up as excellent. Um, and theirs is based on, a. they use TransUnion. Um, so that's based on zero to, to 710. So mm. um, they, they've got all these figures, but really it kind of is that the lenders will, will each use different credit reference agencies. Um, and that's why go, going back to the start as well, I kind of mentioned about going onto that check my file. That'll actually show you what your score is with all three of the main credit reference agencies. Good one to know. Um, you, you touched on this a second or two ago, and I, I guess you're almost like the, the living epitome of um, who we're trying to help here because you were talking about your overdraft and, and taking it further into the overdraft or, you know, tarting cards around and, and trying to get the best rate of interest. Um, but each week, so far as we've covered various topics, you, you've given us a look back over your own story and how it's been affected uh, by the subjects we've been discussing. So a specific experience here, Phil, on improving your credit score and credit rating? Yeah, I'd say, I mean, like I know for myself, I've always made sure that I'm on the the voters' role. So that's something I've I've always done, which has always helped myself. But I, I know for me, I've I've had a lot of credit in the past. I've had overdrafts, I've had loans. I mean, I, I, I remember once having a, a personal loan with Marks and Spencer. And again, even for me, back then, the rate that I applied for and was quoted because they looked at the credit rating and then came back, there was not an adverse on it, but they used the score, or oh, you've maybe had a few credit checks done, so your score isn't so good, and the rate got put up. So, mm. so I've I've kind of gone through that myself and, and had my own experience of it. Yeah, and we always do this, but Phil, you, you find inspiration through lots of people that you admire, and you do love a quote. Have you got one that fits our subject matter for this episode on improving your credit score and credit rating? Yeah, the, the one that I've got today, I'm, I'm not sure who, who said this, but debt is the slavery of the free. Yeah. Okay, Phil, to summarise on this episode, what, what would be our takeaway here? I, I would say that the main takeaways are pay things on time, get a copy of your credit report, make sure there's no errors on it. That would be, be another sort of thing. Try and reduce your debt rather than moving debt around. Actually try and, and get it paid back. And then another good thing by, by checking your credit report, you can actually see if you are linked to anybody else and if that is correct, if there's any errors on it. I've also had that before. Um, an ex-partner of mine was still on my credit file as a linked person for, for mm. quite a while after. So I had to get them removed. 
Well, one other point that I, I was going to say, um, I've I, I made a note to, to kind of mention this, or kind of touch on it just now, but PD loans now come up on your sort of credit search. Um, if, if you're applying for a mortgage, lenders, mortgage lenders didn't like seeing payday loans. Right. So if you can, I would try and avoid them. And and the main reason for that is that they think, oh, if somebody's taking out payday loans and kind of live month, uh, if they mm-hmm. kind of budget mm-hmm. month to month, how are they going to afford a mortgage? So try and avoid payday loans if you can as well would be, be another tip for people. Those lenders obviously see that as kind of being the, the um, last scenario that you would look at if you were trying to borrow money would be a payday loan. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, Phil is always really keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. Just one final thing I was going to um, touch on, on on your credit score and credit rating, Phil. If someone, in the case of identity theft, if you've if you've someone's like sort of pinched your your identity and, and done, applied for credit cards and things like that in your name, uh, yeah. will that will that affect your score and can you get it rectified? It, it, it will affect your score, but. It can you can do what's called a notice of correction. If there's any information on there that isn't correct, get in touch with the, the credit reference agencies and they can get it fixed. So it could impact on you initially, but if there's errors on there through, for example, fraud, you, you can get a notice of correction put right. in and you can dispute things that's on there as well. So uh, that, that's why I would always recommend to people that get a copy of your, your credit report see what's on there, make sure it's correct. And sometimes I've seen some people maybe applying for credit, getting knocked back. They then get a copy of their credit file and it turns out that there is something mm. sort of fraudulent on there. So yeah, definitely worth worth looking at that and, and getting it sorted if there is anything. Okay, if you would like to email a question to Phil, please feel free. As always, we can ask him anonymously if you wish. Uh, let's get on to this week's contact details to get in touch in just a second. Our first question today comes from Stephen in Dalkeith. He's got a query on changing energy providers. Now, he's never gone for one of these deals before. He's always too afraid of, sort of leaving the big guns. But prices now mean he feels like he's been driven to a cheaper provider. Um, is there anything that he should be wary of when he's doing this search, Phil? Yeah, I mean, I I've, I got a copy of my last bill and for my, my gas and electricity. And I tell you, it's no wonder people get confused by it because on there it's got like the unit rate, standing charge, tells me when my, my tariff end date is. So it's, it's coming up soon, uh, 25th of February, 2021. So it's not far away and, until that is up. Um, it also mentions that I've got an early exit fee at the moment. So... One thing I would say to somebody is get a copy of your bill, try and use accurate readings as well. It, it can be quite difficult to compare, but one thing I would say is use an off-gem accredited price comparison site. Um, so if you're looking to see who's got the best deals, some of that sites include things like Money Supermarket, U-Switch. They're ones that are off-gem accredited and they, they can try and help you through the maze of trying to compare because... Like I say, you've got things like the unit rate, the standing charge, and all these companies have got different tariffs. So it's trying to, those sites will help you compare what you're on and what you could get with other companies. All right. 
Uh, next up is Lisa in Clockton. Now, her dad's got a bit of money from an old policy that he'd forgotten he'd ever taken out, which <laughs> I think that happened to my dad as well. It's amazing how often that sort of thing comes around. Now he's come into this money he wasn't even counting on. He's happy to try investing it in something because he won't miss it, having never budgeted for it in the first place. Now, he's heard of a scheme where you pay in and the pooled money that the scheme makes buys cars, which are in turn leased out to motorists. And a few years later, you get a better return than if you place cash in an ISA or a bank account. And what Lisa's wondering is if this sounds like a good investment for her dad. I'll be honest, it's probably not something that I know an awful lot about, but what I would say is with any, if you're investing in anything, I guess it's like the risk versus the reward. And if it's money that you, you didn't really even know you had, then you might think, right, I can afford to lose some or, or all of it. You, you tend to find people don't really want to to kind of lose all their money. Um, but I, I would definitely do your due diligence on it and see, right, what is I, it is. It, sometimes if it's something you don't know an awful lot about, sometimes you're best steering clear of that. But mm. um, I'll be honest, it's not, I mean, I know like at the minute, car sharing and carpooling and that is really taking off. You, you've also got, um, like in America, companies like um, Lyft and Uber, they, they do sort of really well. And so it, it may be something that could do, do really well, but it's just weighing up all the risks and, and doing a bit of due diligence, I would say. When you, you get a new scheme or something of this nature, is there, you know, if you're looking at it to see whether it's reputable or trustworthy, is there something the equivalent of like a, a blue kite mark, you know, a, a stamp that says this scheme is approved, it's ratified, and therefore it meets our standards? There isn't really, um, I mean, it can, can be quite difficult. I mean, I, I get offers from folk all the time saying, oh, look, invest in this, invest in that. Like on, on LinkedIn, a, a social media platform that I use a lot, I, I regularly get people contacting me saying, look, we can invest in property for you. I get people investments in whiskey, art. Honestly, they, it, it's... And I, I know for me personally, I always think, right, if it's stuff that I didn't know an awful lot about, I'll tend to be a wee bit more kind of cautious about it. I know, for example, if someone's investing money through a financial advisor... Um, or through a bank or building society, you, you've often got maybe some additional protections because it's such a highly regulated mm. industry. But a lot of other investments aren't so regulated. So it's trying to kind of just be mindful of that. And, and like I've said in previous podcasts, if something sounds too good to be true, it usually is. Yeah. Um, I would just say, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to look back at our back catalogue because we have covered a lot of topics so far and we might have touched on what it is that you're interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thank you for joining us today for Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. If you feel that you need a helping hand with anything we've been talking about or anything else financial, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page of this show, search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Facebook. Phil's also on Twitter and LinkedIn, or you can email him a question uh, that he can answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question. Like I say, he could be answering an upcoming podcast. And please, 
remember, we won't use your real name if you prefer us not to. Now, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. And you can subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, John. Thanks a lot, John.